0: Our story begins in the clouds. A seemingly endless field of white stretches ahead of us. Moisture whips at the faces of people who bear the scars and lines of hard-won years. Light dances and prisms off droplets filling the air with a dazzling display as they cut through the soft banks. Despite this, the men and women on the deck are focused solely on their work. Ropes tighten under the grips of calloused hands as a booming voice calls out of the deck for more fire. We cut to coal being shoveled into soot-black furnaces that have brilliant columns of fire blasting heat into a canopy, the scope of which is obscured by fog. Finally, the wooden bottom of a large ship cuts through the clouds above, and we get our first look at the Uhuru, a sky ship, captained by the notorious Oromar Veil. We begin at the front of the ship, and I think looking off into the distance at the front of the ship, hanging off the side of one of the ropes, we find Jonit. Tyler, would you like to describe your character for us?
1: Yes, so hanging off the side of the ship, is a boy. I'm about 15 years old. He's about like five, 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 six. His name's Jonnet. He's got sort of shaved sides of his head. He's got like a big old afro on the top, kind of like a frohawk going, wildly blowing in the wind. He has a crimson red headband tied around his head. As the wind is, like, whipping back and forth, he's on the front of the ship, but he's got, like, a big old map, and he's, like, trying to read it, and he can't really understand why it's so hard, because it's, like, blowing in the wind, and it's whipping back and forth. So he's, like, trying, he's trying, and then his hair is also blowing in the wind, so eventually he, like, pulls that back and, like, tucks it into the headband. It looks like we're still on course, I think. Oh. Um, Kind of just, like cut-off, like, sleeveless shirt that's, again, whipping wildly, and then some otherwise not necessarily well-kept clothes. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's jonet And, yeah, we, we see jonet's map for a second and then he pulls it away to show the countryside before the ship. We can see the long masthead stretching out in front over green rocky mountainsides with rivers scattered around them, and Very far off in the distance, miles away at this point, we can see the silhouette of a city. Jonnet turns back, shouting instructions to a man who's leaning over the side of the ship, trying to crane his ears to hear the excited young boy's cries. He turns around and then calls, with a lot of swears, I guess, with a lot of swears and linguistic shorthand, he calls back orders to Travis. What does Travis
2: look like, and where is he sitting? Uh, I have a quick question. Speaking of swears, what is our swear policy on this show? Uh, in, in old campaign, we used Star Wars swears. Can sure. we? Ju- are we just going to make up Skyjack swears? Let's make up some Skyjack. I think swears. we make up Skyjack swears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool.
0: And <laughs> as far as our season, it is unfortunately winter. Um, <laughs> that's
2: cool. So Travis is sitting in a, on kind of like a bench uh, along the side. Mm-hmm. He looks to be in like his late 20s, early 30s, but his hair is stark gray. And he's wearing what was probably at one point like a pretty nice slick suit. But it's just definitely a little, a little shabby, a little worn for the wear. And he's, of course, wearing some fingerless gloves.
0: Yeah. Incredible. After hearing that order, you know, Travis, especially as someone who was not originally trained to be on this ship, mostly your job is running orders that cannot be heard across the ship. Mm-hmm. And because this is an order of heading, it needs to reach the ears of the captain which means you need to bring it to someone else who's part of your conspiracy. Mm -hmm. So whom do you run to first with this order? I'll run to Gable. We see Travis cross the deck of the Uhuru. We can see dozens of men and women pulling on ropes, moving about large items on the deck, making sure everything is secure, and some of them running over to the side of the deck to grab coats. As a chill fills the air, the closer they draw to this city, as you enter part of the world where winter is currently in season, you make it over to Gable. Liz, please describe Gable.
3: Looking at Gable is kind of like looking at the magic eye. In total, it makes sense, but if you look at any part of Gable too closely, it doesn't make sense. They're a little bit too tall, a little bit too slender their skin seems as if you can see through it at sometimes overall if you're not paying too much attention gable just looks kind of like an early 20 something young woman Mm -hmm. but sometimes not they have long silvery braided hair that's all coiled up and tucked into like a really neat bun up top like wrapped around Mm -hmm. um and they're wearing a very sensible heavy leather Coat that kind of distracts from how off putting it is to look at them in the
0: first place. I also think probably important for folks to note Gable is seven feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Gable, including all of this magic eye stuff that sort of distracts anyone that would be looking at them, Gable is also just a tremendous physical presence.
2: How tall um, is Travis? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, 5'11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had to install a lot of pool noodles along all of the <laughs> <laughs> the ceilings, <laughs> like whenever you enter a room, so you don't bump your head. Mm-hmm. So you bring this heading to Gable.
0: Gable bends down to here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know that the heading is true and that probably within an hour or so you will be upon the city. Mm-hmm. Um which means that you have to take this information to the captain and that means you have to take this information to Dref.
3: I think Dref is probably
0: I'm like... With the, I'm with the captain. Yeah,
3: with the captain. Mm-hmm. But like below, down below maybe? I think um, in the
0: captain's quarters. Yeah. is probably...
3: I walk down. As stated before, everything is very narrow and short down below in the ship. So I my preference is to not be down there. So I like walk down the stairs and knock on the door of the captain's chambers and say very loudly and overcompensatingly, Yes, Captain. I have some information for you, the Captain, Captain Ormar.
4: Dref hears them outside and says, uh, "Come in,
3: come in,
0: come in."
4: I open the door and go in.
0: Yeah. Inside the captain's quarters, we can see a lot of trophies from life around the shipping lanes running across the sky. There are weapons, there are fine silks, there are some interesting-looking baubles and rocks. There is quite a bit of alcohol, and there are a few human bones, but... We also find in this haven of finery aboard this ship, which is mostly a utilitarian vessel... We see looking a little bit out of place. Dref, JPC, what does Dref look like?
4: Dref is about 5'8". He, ha- it's uh, human, blonde hair, but it's shaved very close. Uh, he's about nineteen years old, and he has the like beginnings of a beard and a mustache that will never be a beard and a mustache. It's all just <laughs> very like sparse and th- and thin. Um, he's very gaunt. He's probably about 20 pounds underweight. Uh, you can see like kind of his sunken eyes, sunken cheekbones. He looks like he probably hasn't slept in like three days, even though he has slept in three days. Mm-hmm. That's just a look that will never go away oh. for him. <laughs> He's wearing this like thick white like heavy coat that has like a a chest piece on it with tons of little pockets in it people would know it as like a something that like a doctor or some sort of like surgeon or medical practitioner would have is it stained a bit oh yeah it's like stained it's pretty dirty uh -uh. Uh, there's like blood smears but not like bloody Mm -hmm. uh it's just like like he would like wipe you know his hands on it sanitarily we're not really in a time where that's like a big concern for people He's also got glasses that have that like wrap around thing to it so they don't like always fall off his head because he would lose them. Uh, exactly. <laughs> He is currently hunched over Captain Oromar Vale. Oromar is kind of like sitting there, like staring straight forward. He is holding Oromar's jaw in his hand, which has completely separated from the bottom part of his jaw, is completely separated from his mouth. Um, Oromar, by the way, looks very much uh, human, looks very much alive, but is very much missing his jaw and doesn't appear to be worried by it. As Gable comes in, Dref turns, uh, don't worry, I can fix this. This will be fine i i can fix this what do you
3: mean you can fix it it's not attached to his head
4: yes um and and i can explain that what did S- you I, do I, I had to take it off why um, because it wasn't um it didn't look it, uh uh people would know and so but i can fix it i'll put it back well, yes so
3: it looked worse than it being off
4: it's um it's part of yes uh yes um if he were to smile it, it would have looked like he, then was, we, he
3: just wouldn't smile. I will put
4: it back together. Put it back! It would be fine. It, it, through a combination of divine and necrotic magic and some, like, fish gut and, uh, <laughs> uh, uh like, actual practical, like, uh, sewing things, he's, like, in the process of sewing the jaw back on and then kind of putting on, like, this magical veneer to kind of hide the fact that this is obviously a corpse that has been reanimated.
0: So I would like for you to... To make for me an average difficulty medical check.
3: Oh, no. Uh, okay. Back in the saddle Yeah, again. there
0: we go. This cool. is the first
4: roll. Back the- in it, and I know exactly how to play this game. That is one success and uh, one threat. Yeah. Is it still called a threat in this uh, system? um, These are unreadable. Yeah,
0: I believe they are still called threats in this system. I think because we've all been using the other system, we're going to start out that way and maybe we'll look it up later. Probably not. Uh, (laughs) I think your fix for this situation involved taking some muscles that you pulled from a fish and using those to replace muscles that had rotted away in Oromar's jaw. Mm -hmm. The problem is they're a little bit weak and (laughs) once the muscle catches and actually like wakes up and starts moving, (coughs) it pulls the jaw together more firmly than you would expect. So while this looks good, the mouth has a tendency to hang open and when it closes, it closes with up. Yeah. So it might be a bit of a noticeable tick that Orimar did not have before, but Gable would you'd have to admit that it does Look natural again
4: also to say, um since Oromar is uh dead and mm-hmm. is a reanimated corpse, he has lost the ability or the capability to speak, so any sort of like jaw movements that he makes dref's plan is to keep them as like minute as possible, so this like opening and closing of the mouth thing is like not good because <laughs> it just kind of draws attention to the fact that he won't be saying words, but he's opening and closing his mouth. <laughs> uh-huh.
5: Captain! Wait, can, can um, you do this? Uh, captain! I can't. Uh, I can't do it.
4: Yeah, uh, so uh, Dref, like, finishes up. Can, can Dref give the captain orders? Like, oh, h- yeah. how, do, how do I, what, do, what skill do I use to, like, command
0: him? How so do zombie I work? I think uh, for most circumstances, as simple commands, you will not have to roll for If you are trying to convince someone that this is a living person ever, then you will have to roll for it. Really, if it is narratively appropriate for it to be challenging, it's going to be challenging. And in that case, I think you would be rolling your divine skill because you're using your necromantic magics to control this body.
4: As Dref finishes like masking this jaw thing, he tells the captain, uh, uh, stand into your maps. And Orimar, like stands up, places his hands like on the table, and like looks intently at a map with his back to the door.
5: Yeah. Mm. Uh, who is it? It would be Wilson. What? What? What's the? Uh, what's the update, Wilson? Uh, no update, uh, ma'am. Just looking to speak to the captain is all.
3: Uh, the captain is busy checking his maps. I can pass along any information it would
5: be real helpful if we could have this conversation on the other side of a door ma'am are you discussing this with me are you
3: trying to have a negotiation with me
5: i was trying to have a conversation with the captain if you are the barrier to that conversation well then then
4: it's it's fine then you should be mostly i don't think anything will slip out um, uh
5: yes you can come in so Wilson
0: walks in. He looks to be a man in his later 30s. He's a bit rotund. He's got a scraggly beard, a scar on the side of his face. But apart from that and uh his sort of cracked and calloused hands, he looks like a gentle soul. And he enters fairly meekly. His expression is a bit worried. And he looks around the room. a Captain, feeling all right. He says to Dref, who you are someone on the ship that people are happy to have, but rarely happy to see. Mm -hmm. Um, Being a medical (laughs) practitioner, if you were in the room with someone, it could be a dire circumstance. Dref says, oh, yes, Uh, the captain uh, feeling wonderful.
4: At that, the captain kind of like, I think actually, can I roll like a a simple divine check here to see if I can get the captain to reinforce this? Yeah, that is... Two successes and an advantage.
0: Yeah, the captain sort of like slowly for a second looks up, but then as though it's going through a program, nods in mm-hmm. like a sort of reassuring way. With and my then-
4: advantage, can I give, uh, can I make it the captain give uh, uh, Wilson a little wink as well?
0: Yeah. Uh, that's
4: Ooh! something I've been training the captain to do because it's something that Oromar did when he was alive. He was like very, very like socially savvy, which is also a problem for the fact that he can't talk anymore. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um so with, with that you can see Wilson visibly relax uh so we drew straws and I came up here because some of the men and women are a bit concerned about uh the fact that we don't have any cargo and we was hoping that we had news about picking up some cargo at this port maybe and we just wanted to see if that was the expectation seen a few ports unloaded some cargo which everyone appreciates i'm sure ah uh, it's just that if we don't negotiate to pick up new cargo uh, we don't make any money and uh that's how we eat well stated wills <laughs>
0: sort of like relaxes you can tell he is physically intimidated by gable in every sense of the way especially because you are now like looking down over him Mm -hmm. inside this room where you basically scrape the top of the ceiling with your hair every time you're walking around Mm -hmm. the captain is like kind
4: of hand like uh grabs like a stack of papers mm-hmm. and then hands them to me. Oh, uh excellent. Uh yes, Captain. Uh, uh Wilson, uh the captain wanted you to do a, a thorough inventory on uh what we ha- still have uh mm, a- left in the holds. Uh, uh so we can know what we can uh accommodate uh with a new shipment.
5: Oh, oh of course. Of course. I I'll get this uh down to uh the the people in storage right away. Uh thank you, Captain. Uh Driff Gable.
0: Thank you, Wilson. You're doing a wonderful job. He does like kind of an informal salute and leaves the room with those papers uh, to take them to the cargo hold, uh, leaving Dref and Gable uh, alone together to contemplate what they've known for months. And Wilson has just given voice to the captain has not been able to negotiate picking up new cargo, which means slowly the ship has been getting less and less profitable. To the point where you've essentially been running on fumes. We can't keep giving them busy work. I just don't know. I don't
4: feel hundred percent confident with the captain leaving the ship in Pull. order to he can't and he'll never um I'm close to
3: You've been close to something for about six months now, and I don't mean to raise my voice at you, you're but
4: not. you're with you're whispering? Very um you're not raising your voice. I
3: don't mean to get upset, but we are reaching the end of our rope, and we need to make some decisions. And I don't want to push you so we can make all these decisions together, we- but we need to make them very quickly. Otherwise, we will not have a
0: ship. Travis, I would like you to reveal yourself to be very close by to this situation. Sure. Are you just outside the door? Uh, I was actually thinking of storming in. Oh, great. This is perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (gasps) I want to warn you that uh, Uh, William's coming, and I think he's got some questions about the cargo.
3: Wilson already came.
2: Wilson. That's (laughs) it. That's it. Well, he had some questions about the cargo, and I just wanted to warn you.
3: Well it's a little bit late but we did give him a little bit of busy work to do well, we're apparently we're still not at a place where we, we, the we, captain we, can make negotiations despite having several months of preparation we, 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 we
2: think we would be there by now uh, 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 what do you mean he he can't negotiate look at him he looks so real so lifelike isn't that right captain Look what his he mouth does. hangs open <laughs> and then he closes
0: it with a click <laughs> Okay, um, I, I propose. Uh, I propose
4: a, 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 a meeting. A te- team. A team meeting. We're here. Well, Jonet isn't
1: here.
2: Well, someone Let's should go, go get him. Go, go, get and Janet. since I was just outside, I think that it should not be me, and it should be someone else who was just outside. I stick my head out the window.
1: You stick your head out the window, and then you already see like. A pair of larger than appropriate sized boots, like storming down the stairs, and then he, like you see, Jonat come down. And he's like he's walking across the way, and he's like, "You guys are having a team meeting, aren't you?" <laughs> no, we, we, you we, are. We didn't are. mean
3: to; it just happened.
1: You, I, I need them, to be in the room when you have team meetings. I'm
2: close part the of door. The team. Close the, close That's the exactly door. That's exactly what I said, Jonathan, and they weren't listening.
3: Stop talking about the team meeting. When no one knows that there's a team. Well, then start
1: informing me when there are going to be team meetings. We
3: didn't know that there was going to be a team meeting.
1: Oh Well, keep it that way. Okay.
2: <laughs> Travis takes the captain's hat off of the captain and puts it on. I will propose once again that I think I should perhaps be a... An acting captain, as far as negotiations are concerned. I can wear the clothes of the captain, pretend to be the captain, and, um...
4: The situation that is before us is the captain is dead, okay? We, we know all are aware of of, of of the situation. But as we agreed, it is imperative that we keep the captain alive in some capacity. The captain certainly opens uh, many doors for us. And his mouth... In his mouth. Did but you see he, the new thing that he does? As <laughs> I, 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 I will not, and I have to admit this as a, a failing, um, be able to give the captain any capacity for speech. So
3: he's never going to be able to talk.
4: But he can still be useful to us. We just have to figure out a way for someone else to speak on the captain's behalf.
2: Oh, like someone to act as the captain and wear the captain's clothes and negotiate as if You don't need to captain. wear his clothes. That's definitely
1: me. All right. All right. I was the first one to notice when the captain was dead and I called Dibs on the ship. All right. So this ship is mine. I'm the captain. Give me that hat. Dibs. For the
0: hat.
3: <laughs> so Dibs uh, nonwithstanding.
0: One of the things that sort of strikes you with Jonit's outburst and Travis's insistence uh, that he be the captain is that Jonit is the only one with dark skin like the captain. Even if Travis were to wear the captain's clothes, if he were to try and assume the captain's identity, it's probably not going to work out. Though, undeniably, (laughs) Travis is probably the most skilled in negotiations of the group. Before we claim
3: dibs, before we call shotgun, we need to discuss what our goals are. We've been riding around the skies for six months... Just pretending that everything was going to reveal itself once we figured out what we wanted to do. We are at a point of no return. What do we want to do? Do we just want to keep on picking up cargo for the next eternity? Or do we want to do something?
4: We need money. Wilson was correct. We are running low on supplies yes. food stores are low um we have credits and debts that we need to see to yes. the um the fact is that we are uh, uh, desperately in-, in need of a-
3: of a job all right that's a good short-term goal does everyone agree
1: what if we just uh what if we find a griffin nest and uh capture a baby griffin those things sell for a whole bunch of coin. <laughs> At the
4: mention of a griffin in a griffin's nest, dreft has like a, a a very audible gulp. That is, uh, he like stifles down how terrified that makes him.
3: That's another possibility. Maybe a more long term possibility.
0: James, what town are we headed towards? Wolf's Tooth. It's a kind of remote area, and the reason that you're going there is it is far farther from the influence of the Red Feather Syndicate. You being privateers and not being officially licensed to move cargo or even own a airship means that you can't go towards major settlements unless you drastically change the look of this vessel. That was thankfully a call that Captain Oromar made and not you, so most of the anger is already directed towards a dead man, but you're still dealing with the fallout from Mm -hmm. that. Can I roll a knowledge check to see
4: if I am familiar with any of Orimar's contacts in Wolftooth? Absolutely. What is the difficulty there? How long have you been on this ship? I've been on the ship for two years, since I was 17.
0: I'm going to call that... I think it's hard. Hard? So is that three? That's three.
4: Okay, cool. Even shot here. Oh, no. So that is... Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. These are the failures,
0: right? The Xs are failures, and the little targets are disadvantages.
4: These are... And, and these are advantages, not successes. Yeah, the, So the
0: success symbol is the same, but uh, the advantage symbol looks like a Star Trek
4: thing. Got it. I failed this check, but I got four advantages to <laughs> it.
0: All right. I am going to give you the opportunity asking for an intervention from a luminary. Because as it stands, you will not know any contacts that can help you. You will know people that he knows, but that might not do it for you. You could come up with a contact, but it's going to be up to interpretation from the luminary Card. i will i will uh flip a luminary All for right. this. so doing that we get the maiden which is actually really good news for you the maiden is almost always on the party's side so you do in fact know a contact in wolf's tooth in fact you were in a meeting that the captain had with this contact a long time ago because you were stitching up that contact Oh, There is a local businesswoman known as Sonia. She controls a lot of different cargo moving in and out of Wolf's Tooth, although there is not any official guild that controls what comes in and out of the town. Someone still needs to oversee which ships can make port there. So Sonia is the one that folks tend to go to. And you actually are owed a favor by her. Where the failure comes in, though, is that although you had a good interaction with Sonya the last time you encountered each other, it didn't end well between Sonya and Oromar. Ooh. Oromar was a lot of things, and one of those was a philanderer. Orimar, uh, no. Yeah. Sonya was furious the last you saw her when you were pulling away from Wolf's Toothport. You don't know what that could be.
4: The good news is if we're um, going to be making port Wolfstooth, uh, uh, Sonia, who uh, is a big name in that port, could help us uh, facilitate with a, a, a contract. Uh, the bad news is that she and Orimar here didn't part on um, exactly the uh, best terms. Um, he cheated on a, her. A, a sexual he uh, on uh, her. nature. Um cheated on her. Yes, I believe so. Uh, but that mm. won't be a problem going forward. for Stupid I haven't Sophie. worked our way for... His uh, penis to 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 engorge won't w- fully. Uh, w- no, we blood, don't want. We, p- we don't magic. No, it's possible. We, uh, oh, no, it not, no, no. No, I'd like to we're, no, we're not hands. getting. <laughs> I mean, with, with with time, I could, but it, uh, n- not before we um, make it to port. And
3: um, we're not. I'm telling you right now, RMR is never going to engage in sexual congress from now on. You don't need to worry about that. Okay, I'll put
2: it on a... uh, uh, Well, I think we should bring it to a vote. Are we... uh, Whether or not we're going to allow the captain to have sexual relations? And not necessarily with Sonya at this stay, but at some point in the future, (laughs) I think that we should... Set out some ground rules now as to whether or not the captain will be allowed to...
4: There are practical reasons why it could be uh, advantageous to us, but um, just purely from a standpoint of uh, keeping the... It would be very difficult to achieve an erection uh, lasting (laughs) longer. uh,
2: Just so I have all of the information before we do cast this vote, what is the probability of if sexual congress were to be able to take place that the captain could impregnate someone? No. No. Uh, and then a, would the baby oh, be part dead? That, no, that would, oh, be, would that be cool. No, would, I agree. It would I, be very cool. I don't would, think that would be cool at all.
0: I, um, so, Gable, have have you have been opening yourself up to new ways of thinking for the past long time so there are a lot of things from your previous life that you're you're sort of willing to disregard however uh there comes to a certain level of heresy that stretches your nerve to the very end and you're sort of feeling a bubbling rage sort of rise up in you as travis very casually discusses some horrific things
2: all right so maybe we take a step back and just say not even particularly this zombie, but who would be in favor of, at some point, perhaps getting bussed by a zombie? No! No! Nah, I'm out. Not this zombie nah, in particular. Nah, we we are going to
1: talk
3: good. about this contract, and that is it. There are many bridges that you have yet to cross, and I don't think theoretical discussion is a good thing to be doing at this moment, and also, it's gross. Gross
4: to be clear i couldn't i couldn't do that i don't know how i wouldn't know how to well don't to make him get try bust it. by his no say stop it to, to make him bust is i wouldn't know how to uh, it would i would affect some sort of stop. facsimile of <laughs> semen could my be
2: vote is no <laughs> okay that's one no vote thank I, you for I your think,
0: participation i think uh Liz, I would love to see some sort of intimidation made.
3: Tell me how.
0: I believe coercion is on your character sheet. Yeah, it's one of those versus one purple die. And I would like to add a blue die because you are so very tall. All right. This is a failure. That is a disadvantage. Disadvantage.
4: And the little triangle thing cancels it out. So you just got two
0: straight up successes. Two successes. Two successes. So I think when Gable says No. Their voice thunders through the cabin and they bring a fist down on the captain's table full of maps. Some of the baubles on that table rattle. And it's not even a rattle with a pounding of the fist. And Travis, I think this is what disturbs you most. It's a rattle that their voice has when it resonates with the other objects in the room. The room fills with this command Although you delight in stringing people along and teasing, you viscerally want to stop in this moment.
2: Okay, okay, we will vote on whether or not the captain will bus anyone later. May I make a suggestion? Hmm. Uh,
4: Wolfstooth is at the very periphery of society. Uh, Sonia, well, um, very important there, has relatively limited dealings with the the wider world. Uh, I, I know that I have been uh, hesitant to suggest this, but I think Wolfstooth is the perfect place to test my theory that the captain can exist in public. Now, that being said, he will not be able to speak. So. Uh, i i i by all means am, am not the right uh person to speak for the captain so uh, i i think it should fall onto your shoulders to uh communicate with sonya well will well, i do my best to make sure the captain maintains a a, a relatively uh a human and, and alive persona
2: are you suggesting using the captain like a a puppet? And you'll make his mouth move and one of us will say the words?
4: No, no, no. I am suggesting that the captain takes a strong, silent, and uh, lets his uh, her crew speak for him. He, he may even have appointed one of us as his negotiator.
2: Mine sounds more fun, but yours makes more sense. It does make sense. Will we all go
3: to meet Sonya?
4: Mm, I would, um, yes, advise that. Um, Gable, w- 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 you would be useful to be there as a uh, your presence is uh, 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 somewhat c- c- uh, commanding. Say it. And, in- and intimidating.
3: What, intimidating?
4: Um, mm, More. You have a tall aura of, of you. I should be there. Handsome? I, I, mm,
0: uh, Are you attracted <laughs> to me? We can see <laughs> <laughs>
4: sweat forming. <laughs> I, I should be there as well to, to maintain. Uh, if if anything does go uh, as yes. uh, wrong with with the captain,
2: and now say good things about me,
4: mm-hmm. Travis. I, I I believe we will need you uh, because you have a mm-hmm. uh, certain knack for dealing with uh, uh, people.
2: Oh me,
3: <clears throat> are you attracted to Travis? <laughs>
4: mm.
1: Uh, mm, it's what, not a no, not uh, a no. <laughs> and, and John. I believe, that and I'm you, a natural leader. <laughs> <laughs> I was
4: about to suggest. Then it's the settled. same.
1: You'll give me the captain's hat, and we'll touch down. Mm,
4: but um, uh, might I mm, make a suggestion? Uh, the captain, uh, as we all know, was uh, very uh, generous mm-hmm. uh, with the love that he uh, had to uh, <laughs> s- sexually give. Um, specifically to uh, women. That's uh, why we should have voted. It's no, not. Un, no, it's no, not. No. Un, it's not unheard of that the captain may have had uh, mm, many uh,
3: dalliances in Wolf's and right,
4: potentially uh, 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 mm, uh, children. Oh! It may, may be, be something that we we have not been in Wolf's Tooth for over a year. Uh, if maybe one of the captains sons uh, came aboard the ship, uh, we could use that as an opportunity to uh, um, have the captain have a a, a new mouthpiece as he is uh, training uh, one of his children um, to take uh, on his uh,
0: uh, stead. I got to pretend to be the captain's kid? This is um, a suggestion. Looking Jonet up and down, what, what what do they see in you? This is, I think, the first time that this group or maybe even anyone aboard the ship has looked at you in an appraising way, apart from when the captain first looked you over before taking you on as a hand aboard the ship. You've been on the ship for how long
1: now? Not very long. Jonet's kind of been bopping around probably pretty close to like around the time when Oromar actually did die, it was like, it feels like maybe like a couple weeks after he got on board. Okay. And he was just kind of like, He's gotten into this inner circle just kind of by being the by guy being in the being the room. person who is in the right place at the right time. Yeah.
0: So yeah, wh- when they look at you now, a 15-year-old who mostly uh, had a job of spotting things because your eyes are better than uh, most of the older folk on the ship, whose job really for a long time has been learning basic things. I think you've settled a little bit into your role now. So what do they see when they see you?
1: Well, the first thing that you see is that he's got, like, a rolled-up map kind of, like, tucked into his the belt loop in his back. Uh So it's just kind of, like, it comes out, but it also kind of highlights how, like, small in stature he is. And, like, the rolled-up map is kind of the same, like, Aww. size of, like, his small arms. But he is, especially in this moment where he feels like this is... His time and like sort of like his ship, he's very determined. So at the opportunity to pretend to be the captain's ship, he's like pondering it over, like he's trying to do it. Like he sees like the adults doing it. It's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could be, I could be that guy. And then so, uh, right now he's very much like, All right, let's give me the captain's hat and we'll touch down. He's got his fists on his hips and he's like ready to do it. Like we've all agreed on it, but. We kind of haven't
0: yet. Yeah, there's a lot of earnest excitement, mm-hmm. uh, willingness to please in there, and perhaps about the eyes, some hunger, some ambition.
3: Gable bends down to get face to face to Jonet.
1: And as she does, and her face gets like larger and larger in Jonet's eyes, he kind of like leans back a little bit more, <laughs> but then eventually he runs out of places to go. So he's just like making eye contact. And
0: just quick question for Liz mm-hmm. Is there a defined pronoun for Gable or? Whatever what, is useful. Whatever people use is fine. Yeah, whatever okay. is useful. That
3: makes sense. So, like, whatever the context is, it makes sense. Yeah. So Gable turns to Jonathan and says, are you comfortable? We're not going to make you do anything that you don't want to
1: do. I want to do this. He gives her a thumbs up.
3: It's going to be dangerous. It's going to be frightening.
1: I can do this. All right. I'm going to prove myself. And I'm going to show you all that I deserve to have this ship.
4: Okay. And, and as, as, as a general warning for all of us, well, you have certainly given me leeway with the, uh, uh necromancy that I've practiced here. I would remind you that it is um, so much frowned upon in the wide world. So it is going to be imperative that we all keep this secret about the captain, uh, to ourselves. Um, and, uh, mm, If something were to happen that would betray his true nature, we all have to be on the same page with protecting that secret. Done. Keeping in mind that the captain is still very useful to us. If it were to get out that the captain uh, were dead, we could be faced with a crew mutiny. We could be faced with um, our our debtors coming after us in in full. We could be faced with the loss of the ship. The, The captain must... Remain as we all agreed For all intents and purposes alive
1: Yeah
2: Fine I guess I'll return my captain is dead banners <laughs> <laughs> That I just purchased
3: You purchased them?
2: No, I you... was being sarcastic
3: Oh, because I was about to say You could probably make them You're very crafty
2: I was going to ask where
0: you got them printed Yeah, exactly At that, you can hear calls from atop the ship <laughs> Port ahoy! Port ahoy! And there's a lot of sort of excitement. And Gable, you know that this means, especially because Wolf's Tooth is a smaller port, that someone needs to be sent down to negotiate pulling in. Mm -hmm. In certain cases, that can mean rent. So they need someone to take a bird down. And they'll probably be looking to you.
1: uh so oh man when okay so when like we hear the port ahoy port ahoy Mm -hmm. like john it very much like perks up because he knows what's about to happen and he knows that you're about to like get on a bird and fly down and he thinks that's so awesome he's just like getting really jazzed about that gable
3: hears it and then just looks at them gives them a little smile the only smile that they've smiled today (laughs) (laughs) and then once again, jumps out the window because I think all the birds are like in a little hatch on the bottom of all the ships. Yeah. So I swing down and then kind of like selectively go through all of my my racks of beautiful big birds.
0: Yeah, we we have you go out the window over the side of the ship. As you swing down, we can see the bottom of this ship. And when we do, we see lots of holes from various cannon fire that have been patched up. We see arrows sticking in the side of the ship, Mm -hmm. some harpoons, various different kinds of weaponry that uh, you've just not had time to remove and repair. And we come to the avian cages. Mm -hmm. Liz, what does the bird that you're selecting now for this trip look like?
3: So I think I have three separate birds for my purposes i think
0: yeah three birds that could possibly carry you
3: yeah there are and they're like for different purposes like one's definitely a a warbird Mm -hmm. for fighting and like diving very much uh one of the more raptor like uh and then there's uh one for speed and then there's one for showmanship and I think I'm doing the one that's for showmanship, and it's probably going to be – I
0: think it's a peacock. Oh,
3: peacocks uh,
0: can't carry a seven-foot tall.
5: Well,
2: I mean, uh, yeah, no that's, bird. That's, Liz- <laughs> that's the thing that's going to get me caught up in, and take me out of the yeah. –
0: <laughs> How many birds can carry people?
5: That's not, not, so, yeah, it's
3: this a giant –
0: This is a large peacock.
3: Yeah, it's a giant – Peacock.
0: And I, I think Orimar is exactly the type. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you had a better idea.
3: Oh no no no, that makes sense. What
0: if it's a white peacock?
3: Oh <gasps> yeah, Oof, a I nice, beautiful it. white peacock. And I what what am I calling it? What's its name? I think they all have human names for sure. Mm-hmm. Luke Cage. <laughs> 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 uh, I think oh, this one is called Lucas
0: for sure. Lucas. Oh, I love it. Lucas, my fancy bird. We can see in the shadows of these cages that are sort of, like, at the bottom of the ship. You're on the outer edge of this cage, and, like, you can see a head just sort of pop in the jerky, quick movements that uh, birds tend to make Mm -hmm. around the corner out of the shadow. And it gets a look at you, Mm -hmm. and we can see its beautiful white plumage. Beautiful. Um, It sort of lets out an excited squawk. Oh! And... You open up the bottom of this cage. It swings open, and how do you mount this bird?
3: So the birds will just, like, drop down mm-hmm. like there were bombs and, like, start floating. And then I just hang from the cage itself and kind of aim myself and just let go and land. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Straddling. And in those few seconds between when you land on that bird and when you let go of the cage, I think you close your eyes because it feels like flying. And then the memory is gone and we can see the bird flying away from the ship. And now, for the first time, we see in full relief the Uhuru. And I'd like us to describe the ship. I think everyone I would love to see one detail added after this description. It looks like a large galleon ship. However, instead of sails and masts, for that matter, there are three large engine heads on the ship with coal-burning engines that spit fire from their top. Above those, we can see a large balloon shape or these white sails that each have a red stripe running down them. They fill up this striped balloon as it floats down towards the earth, but I'd love to hear more about different things on the ship.
1: I feel like Jonnet has kind of taken advantage of this already where it's like, normally at like the front of a ship, you might have like some kind of like decoration, like the statue of like a lady out front, but this ship had one of those it was blown off through like uh, some encounter that it had <laughs> yeah. eons ago and instead it's just it's like the mermaid lower half of this thing the top half is completely blown off but it's just done it in such a way that it's kind of flat enough that Jonnet is able to like sit out on the oh, front, oh, and that's it. his map. Uh, oh, that's so cute! <laughs> his, uh, yeah.
0: So yeah, we we get the camera like sweeping into that area of the ship where we can see Jonnet perched there, like peering at the horizon and watching Gable swoop down atop Lucas.
5: Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh,
4: the, the ship has no formal like weapons on it, like uh, for um, any sort of like ship to ship combat. Ooh. What it does have is it has these two like massive pieces of machinery on that. Each one of them, they're like gunnery cannon in, in look, but they're like full of like gears and mechanisms. They have like a swivel so they can rotate, and they're on uh, either side of the ship. Each one of them has like a three pronged kind of like ballista bolt That can hook into the side of other ships and shoot lines, so that in ship combat the ships we can like basically hook into another ship and then board board their ship by sliding down, you know, or or climbing uh, these ropes to the other ship. Uh, Something that Dref is deathly terrified of, (laughs) um, but he uh, knows about it only in the way that he gives those machines a wide berth when he passes them.
2: (laughs) The the hull and everything is 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 it wood? Are we going to say it's wood? I think yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, along the bottom, there's kind of a ridge that's made of some kind of metal. And it's sort of toothed ridge. So that, you know, if need be, if we're not looking to board a ship, we can kind of fly over it and scrape. It. If we If we scrape the top of their balloons, Ooh. it can capture oh, yeah. yeah. like, them. Oh, it's grease. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, I love it.
4: Oh wow. Yeah, so it's like a below the ship battering ram yeah. or yeah. balloon. Yeah. Mm.
0: Just cutting that that rules. I, I,
4: I will also say that probably the reason why that is so effective is because the material that these balloon the balloons are is made out of. Mm-hmm. What did we say that that material is called? It's
0: called featherweave.
4: It's called feather weave. Feather weave not only is it like lightweight and allows for like to trap air so that you can you know rise. Mm-hmm. It's also very strong. So traditionally, like if you were shooting like bullets or anything less than like you know uh, huge cannon fires, it'd be very hard to pierce this material.
0: I like it. So I think this ridge has a lot of nasty, gnarly like teeth mm-hmm. and ridges on it. It looks like a really rough saw. Almost.
5: Mm -hmm. Very cool.
3: I think... We mentioned before one of the reasons we need to land is possibly to change the appearance of the ship. I think it's because in a recent run in on the side of one uh, one of the sides of the ship is a huge lewd drawing uh, <laughs> painting that (laughs) some one of our enemies left on there like it it, 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 (laughs) it, 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 (laughs) or like a bunch of pranksters they didn't even fight us but we like screwed someone over in a trade deal and so they just scrawled in huge paint like something disgusting and we have to get that fixed immediately Mm.
0: they drew a taint yes (laughs) Um, and like you can tell it's a taint even though it would be hard without any other details people look at that and go Oh, that's a taint. Oh, that's so a we're taint.
4: not going to describe what it looks like in any way at all, but know that 95% of people looking at it would be like, that's a taint. <laughs> <laughs> you use your imagination for what you think it looks like, but it's immediately decipherable yeah, 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 as a taint. a taint and not confused with anything else. And, and
0: band artists, I'll say that's only on one part of the ship, so you can always draw it from the other end.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and just to be clear, there is no penis, there's no vagina, no, and there's no butthole. No it's butthole. Just, yes. a taint, just a You're sure that it's a taint. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: <coughs> and no labeling There's no words no, on it like, It says taint or gooch Or any <laughs> of the other Names for, for uh, What's the other The, the perennium the uh, You're even
3: the if, doctor If you've never seen a, a, a human body before Even if you were just birthed yesterday You can mm-hmm. look at it and say Yeah that's
0: a taint
5: yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> really, That graffiti artist should be commissioned yeah, for it It's actually a work of art
0: Yeah I hope, I hope they're doing good things with their talents. <laughs> so we come to port. I think we're going to cut right as the ship is pulling in. Gable, there was a negotiation. And although you did not manage to speak to Sonia herself, just her representatives, you mm-hmm. did mention that the Uhuru was looking to pull into port. And they seemed all too eager to accept the invitation. Mm-hmm. It made you suspicious. But also... You know, you'll take what blessings you can find where you find them.
3: So there wasn't like a docking fee or anything like that? No, okay. nothing like That's that. That's weird.
0: That made you a bit nervous, but you've got larger concerns on your mind, yeah. uh, specifically finding work and food. So the crew of the ship are starting to unload what little cargo they have. A few of the, the lifers have already headed off to the tavern to spend what little gold they were afforded on uh, alcohol. The rest Of you are now left by the captain's quarters, waiting to unfurl your plan.
4: Um, As we are waiting, are we in the captain's
0: quarters still? I think there might have been work done, but like if Dref is planning on unveiling the captain and making this public thing, I I think at least you and Jonnet are. Getting ready to do this. I don't know where Travis might be, or, or Gable was off the ship, but I feel like you might come together.
4: Uh, I think we're we're maybe standing outside of the captain's quarters because Jeff mm. is very excited that the captain is um, finally
2: coming. coming is, is
4: is dressing himself right now and preparing uh-huh. himself. <laughs>
2: Uh, oh
3: no! Ju-
4: ju- they've been working on this, and Dref mm-hmm. uh, is pretty confident that the captain can it's like, like follow f- the command to get ready and get ready.
3: A father at a school play. Oh, we're so excited! <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> I think Travis is in his quarters, wherever they may be, sort of trying to spruce up as best he can. You know, kind of slicking his hair back. Y- y- you know, ad- adjusting his suit, making making himself look as presentable as possible. Which yeah, the is- idea of quarters on this ship is actually something I think that we need. To address
0: really quickly, in that most of you, those who are not in a privileged position that maybe draft might be. Most of you are sleeping in hammocks that are lining the cargo bay of the ship. You might be more territorial than others, but like I think uh, Jonnet, for instance, just takes whatever hammock happens to be open when he needs to sleep. There are some more uh, privileged folks who are skilled in negotiation on the ship who might have their own hammocks. Is Travis one of those people?
2: Yeah, I think Travis has sort of like a corner hammock. He was able to...
0: You, I think you wanted in a... In a game.
2: Yeah, and what he's done for some privacy is taken, like, a very lovely sort of silk kind of sheet and and hung it up, like, around the hammock. So it's, I mean, you can still hear everything, and honestly, you can see through it pretty easily, but it's like... How long has Travis been aboard the Uhura? Oh, that's a good question. Not that long, I don't think. Maybe six months.
4: Okay. So So you also came on right around the time the captain died.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: That's wow what a great coincidence
2: yeah so
0: i want to know what what travis's like area looks like how have you decorated it apart from your sheet
2: he also has like a very fancy pillow it's still a hammock on a ship but it's like a very fancy pillow pretty nice blanket for what you would expect some pictures on the walls and like a little mirror to like just shave and and get 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 ready you know Um,
0: i think also swinging off the line of this hammock we see an illamot box that looks very Worn from years on the road yeah i'm interested in those pictures but i think i want to cut over to dref is anyone else with dref awaiting the captain's appearance
1: yeah John it's just like posted up on the wall just like he doesn't have a watch but he's just like clearly tapping his feet he's like how long is this gonna take i'm trying to take more of a hands-off approach uh, it's going to Be suspicious
4: if I'm always seen with the captain. So if the captain can function independently uh, and follow simple commands, as he's talking, you hear like a loud bump, a (laughs) rattle, a drop, and then silence as he functions more independently it'll uh, draw uh, suspicion away from me. Um, uh, eventually the plan is to have the captain to be able to walk the deck um, uh, without my uh, need for um, intervention. Um, I um, I have uh, high hopes that uh, this will go um, very well.
1: You're sweating a lot. It's only, I um it's uh Are you always this sweaty? I feel like I've seen you be sweatier but like you have a baseline of just like a damp pool. Yes, I'm a, just uh, a sweaty person. Okay.
3: Gable jumps down. Uh, <laughs> jumps down the, uh, the ladder and says... Well, we've organized the meeting with Sonya, and the, most of the crew is gone. I think now is the opportune time to make our move. Where's the captain?
4: Dref goes to knock on the door, and as he does that, the door swings open. Let me. Can I roll something to see how well the captain has done? Oh, i
0: <laughs> yeah, can, I can give you the option of rolling or pulling a luminary. Let's pull it. that luminary. Yeah. All it. right, so... The luminary that we got is the children. The children mm-hmm. themes are consequence, inevitability, and eternity. This can favor the PCs by suggesting they will bring judgment. It can also threaten the PCs by suggesting that their crimes have been noticed. Um, so, so
4: okay. So I, I think that that's definitely, this is a uh, threatened situation that yeah. their crimes have been noticed. The captain is wearing everything correct. He followed the orders to the letter. He's got his, like, coat. It's got, like, a long uh tails on it, kind of like a ruffly shirt. He's got his saber and his dueling pistol at his side. Everything looks very proper. I even trained the captain. He has a big black mustache to have waxed his mustache Ooh. so that his, like, mustache is waxed and curled up. He's wearing his, his hat, his feather. He looks impeccable, except at some point, somehow, probably when we heard that, like, falling and tussling, his neck has snapped and turned, so he obviously looks like he has a broken neck and is dead. <laughs> uh, but he's standing, like, in front of us, like, hands on his hips. Uh-huh. Uh, he's even got, like, a little, like, smirk, like, a grin on his face. And uh, he
0: gives that <laughs> wink. Yep. And he gives the <laughs> wink, yeah.
3: No, 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 no. We-, we rush him inside. I can <laughs>
0: fix this, I can fix this, no, I can no, fix this. No, 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 no. uh, I think based on this, The (laughs) broken neck is going to be a lot more complicated to fix than you might have time for. But thankfully, all it really needs is to be stabilized.
4: Well, so it's winter time, so it's expected that it's going to be a little colder, and the captain has furs. Yeah. So he, while he can't totally fix the neck immediately, because that will take time, he does his best and covers it up with like, just like a big fur shawl around, like, or a big fur like <laughs> jacket around the captain's neck. So it's not as noticeable that his neck looks snapped.
0: Yeah. I, God. <laughs> I will say this fur looks incredibly noticeable i think the outfit that you had picked out for the captain was very dignified and like sort of projected this this air of authority it's i think one of the things that Dref silently thought uh given the captain's resources he would always be able to dress better and this proved it this fur is very incongruous with the rest of that outfit yeah and it shows but also that neck is not wobbly, so it will be useful.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, the, um, the process... Uh, it takes refinement. This is a trial run. Uh, we will, I uh, think, so. I think we'll. Um, uh.
3: We don't have a choice. This is what we're going to have to work
4: with. So the captain climbs up the ladder and, kind of like, for the first time in a long time, is out on, like, the main deck of the ship.
0: There are men and women aboard this ship who look to the captain as a source of authority. Seeing the captain emerge once more, they're comforted. Because in the last few ports, the captain has not left his quarters at all. And that was a cause of worry. The Campaign Podcast is a one shot podcast network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. And be sure to visit our site, oneshotpodcast.com. Janet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter at Tyler A. Dave, or on stage with Second City in their main stage review, Dream Freaks Fall from Space, or at the I.O. Comedy Theater with Devil's Daughter. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore, or at the Comedy Sports Chicago Theater doing her production, One Woman No Show. Travis Madigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs. Dref Wormwood was played by John Patrick Cohen, who can be found on Twitter at JPSoFly, or on stage at the I.O. Theater with Devil's Daughter, or streaming every Thursday on the OneShot Twitch channel with Total Party Kill at twitch.tv slash I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The music featured in this episode was composed for this production by Arnie Parrott, who can be found on Twitter at Arnie Parrott, A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The role-playing game used for this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system designed by Fantasy Flight Games. For more great role-playing content, be sure to check out the rest of our network over at oneshotpodcast.com.